What up, what up? Welcome to Tuesdays with Nick and Cole. It is Tuesday, January 21st. Episode number 20. We made it to 20 weeks. Uh, well, actually, it might not be exactly 20 weeks, but 20th episode. The studio is backwards, so everything is all weird. We'll touch on that later, but we're going to go into our lore sports rundown, our wing review. We've got a special guest, Neil Bingham, in the studio with us today. We'll uh, do a little interview with him. Uh, we'll do which movie is Trent not seen again, questions from the fans, and then we'll finish it out with Coach's Club. Let's dive right into that uh, sports recap. Our track team starting off hot for that indoor track. Our number four men's track and field team won the Seoul Butler Classic. Our women's track and field team, who's number nine in the country, also won the Seoul Butler Classic. Our wrestling crowned two champions at the Cornell uh, Wrestling Tournament. And both our men's and women's basketball team defeated our crosstown rival of University of Dubuque. And then we have three ARC Athletes of the Week. One of them is Gabby Nolan of the track and field. One is Brady Vogel of wrestling. And then Patrick Michael for men's track and field. All right, so before we get into our wing review this week, I just want to go ahead and call both of you out for not recording last week when I swear I was told it would be recorded. Yeah, so it was a long weekend. It so, was very long. I mean, we started off by Thursday, hopping on the road, driving 10 hours to Louisville, Kentucky, um, where we went to go watch the wrestling team compete at the mid or at the national duels. Cole watched. I worked. Hey, I worked. I live <laughs> tweeted. Check out, the, check out Twitter. Okay. Right. I did all the live tweeting. That counts, kind of. It was great. Uh, the head coaches... TJ's wife said I did a great job. She she didn't even <laughs> she didn't even have to watch. She knew what was going on. Wow, there you yeah. go. So don't don't let me hear any of that. But back to the story. So we drove ten hours there. We went to Louisville, and then uh, following national duels, which we did place third in the country. Uh, so watch out. We left something out there. A couple of injuries at that time, but if we get to full strength. Uh, the national tournament is going to be fun to watch them do Hawks wrestle. Um, but then following that. We then got on the road um, Saturday night and drove 10 hours straight south to down to New Orleans. For some reason, we thought it was closer to <laughs> it New Orleans. It is closer. I mean, it's it is, four but... hours closer. Wait. Oh, okay, it yeah. It still was yeah. a 10-hour drive from Louisville to, <laughs> to New Orleans. But we did it. And, I mean, it was a great time. Uh, we went down there to watch the national championship of LSU versus Clemson. And, I mean, if you got the opportunity to go down to New Orleans, I 10 out of 10 recommend doing it. Yeah, I saw some of your Snapchats, and it seemed like you guys were having a good time down there. Um, but I was told that episode number 20 would yeah. be recorded mobily, if that's even Not going to lie, I, I wanted to on Sunday, but our plans got thrown for the loop. and We met we up with, we went to brunch time. with an alumni, uh, Courtney Boyd, um, and the brunch... Went into a whole day festivity. Yeah, she we, wrote us. She, she showed us around literally all time. of New Orleans. We walked how many miles? It was like eighteen or nineteen yeah. miles. We walked on Sunday. I had like twenty five thousand steps. Dang. Okay. All yeah. right. Fine. I'll let you <laughs> off the hook. Just this once. So that was supposed to be Sunday, and then 
Monday uh, was the national championship game, so we were kind of just eyes focused, ready for that. And then Tuesday was a long 14, 15 hours home. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at that, and I was like, oh, that, that ride home is not going to be fun for you guys. Uh, Absolutely not. And it was 15 hours? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. All right, well, anyway, let's dive into the wing review this week. We went to Old Chicago um, over on, is it off of Dodge Street? Yep. Um, you know, these were surprisingly good wings, and they had a very unique option that we have never actually ran into before. So it was grilled, it was grilled, in-bone grilled. Right, what so they it was the just, grilled bone or the classic yeah. with the breading. And it was funny because we actually asked the waitress, like, what, her, like, what her favorite was, and she said, "Hands down, the classic." And we we're like, we didn't. We almost thought about not even getting the grilled because she was so certain about the classic being like, as good as they were. Yeah. And uh, so we ended up getting the sweet chili, sweet Thai chili of the classic, and then we got the original buffalo of the grilled. And I'll tell you what, the grilled was I don't, not like ten times better, but it was significantly better than the classic wing. Yeah, yeah, I would say the wings as a whole were pleasantly, surprisingly good, um, especially the grilled. I, I looked at the grilled on the menu and thought, there's no way these are going to be that good. But they like pr- they grilled them perfectly. I will say that the preparedness of the wings were spot on. They couldn't have made them better. I had really low expectations going in because the two times I've been to Old Chicago, I was served cold pizza, <laughs> like, like Cole's cold wings from the queue. I was served cold pizza, so I like had zero expectations for this, um, and they were very good. I mean, the grilled was like pleasantly good. I mean, I wasn't expecting it to be, um, but it had that like charbroil taste. Yeah, of it yeah, coming nailed, off of a they grill, nailed like just it the right amount. Yeah, it was. Char. I mean, the grilled were so much like they were juicier, more yeah. flavorful of the actual chicken. The meat was bigger, like it was a bigger wing. Yeah. Um, I know. I mean, I mean, I was ecstatic, and that's why I go ahead and list off the scores. What do we got here? All right. Uh, Nick had an 8.1. Cole had a 7.8. Myself, I had a 7.5, and O'Brien Nugent had a 7.7, 7, uh, averaging out to a 7.78, and that puts it on the list right behind Houlihan's at spot number six. Yeah, six out of 20. So, you know, this is almost cracked the top five. So it's up there. We definitely give it a high recommendation to go and and try the wings yourselves at Old Chicago. Now, I will say this I gave it an 8.1. As a wing connoisseur, uh, the toughest part about this is deciding if a wing breaks a barrier or not. So it's like, okay, I was deciding so hard between a 7.9 and an 8.1. Like, which side of the eight did it land? Yeah. And I, and it took me the longest to try to figure that out, but I, I just went ahead and gave it that 8-1. I think it deserved it. Um, definitely a high score. And then when you get above that and you're you're deciding between, like, an 8 and a 9, that's when you're really, really – that's when you have, like, probably the – Yeah, that's the true. Best. My yeah. toughest I'm, part is when I eat a wing and I think of a score in my head, and then, like, I'll look back and see, like, kind of compare it to other places that I'm thinking about – and then it's like, oh, man, I think it's better than, like, like I thought this was better than right. Foodies, but, like, I rated Foodies this. Like, I feel <laughs> like that's the hardest part. And it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, and it was just tough because, like, we did two different styles. Like, that classic. or that the cla- I mean, the grilled was honestly so good. It was a and almost a point better. I would have rated yeah, it a point better I agree. than like the, the classic. Cla- the grilled would have been in the eights. But it's also hard to compare it because we've never had... 
another that's true. Grill. No, I, that's very but true. Dude, that I mean, like, it, but was, it was like good. it was like an unbreaded. We've had like unbreaded wings before. Yeah. I know, don't get me wrong; it wasn't like grilled. Yeah, but like, I mean, we've had uh, like dry rubs, right? And I, right. I, I realize I'm not a dry rub, so that might have been factored in. We'd had two dry rub wings, <laughs> um, in Kentucky before we had that. Um, so, who knows? I would love it if we get to the point where we have a hundred reviews. We got to throw <laughs> a little party. We're gonna have to start send yeah. them on like. There's got to be a hundred. My <laughs> golf trips. Anytime we go to like Texas yeah. or yeah, we're gonna we have go to start somewhere. reaching out a little bit. <laughs> Our hundredth review will be epic. <laughs> Our hundredth episode will be. Yeah, epic. that's true. Yeah, if we make two hundred episodes, honestly. I mean, that's like that's two years. Doable. No. No. Yeah, how Is many weeks? How many weeks, weeks in, a, in a year? Oh, yeah, right? okay. You're right. Wow. Yeah, so that's over two years. I wasn't even we thinking about had that. an episode every year. So that is. I guess it is. That'll yeah, be in like 20, once 20 a week. one. Yeah. That'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. We'll throw a party at that point. <laughs> um, and it'll be wings only. <laughs> uh, just all the wings we've ever had <laughs> at this party. Um, but all right. So that brings us to our next section, which would be. Uh, our interview with Neil Bingham. So, Cole, you want to go ahead and give an introduction real quick? So, <laughs> Neil Bingham, uh, he is, I mean, so he's in admissions. Give us your full actual um, position here, Lars. Yeah, so I'm the uh, admission visit coordinator, and then I'm also the recruiter for the three local high schools here in Dubuque, so Senior Hempstead and Waller. Sweet. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit like about like your process, what kind of you do day-to-day, Um First off, he is a huge uh, part about what we do here at Loris. Uh, he is basically the face. As soon as you walk into the admissions mm-hmm. office, he is the man you see. He's the go-to guy. He's been a huge help with me in the recruiting process for sure. Yeah, Neil, you've been a huge help to me, especially. Uh, I feel like every time I bring in a group of recruits, it's always been easy for them to be able to find you and you get them going on whatever the, the route is for them that day. And and uh, it seems like you've been doing a great job because they keep mentioning you and saying oh, he was a great host and and everything went great. So uh, I appreciate that. And I've told you that before, but your role is absolutely clutch. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I think one of the most important parts of the job, kind of as it stands, is um, they split it between Joan Schaefer and myself. Joan is amazing. Um, and so we split visits between the two of us, which really helps for the recruitment side. Uh, so on a day-to-day basis, we kind of split it. We actually map it out pretty much to a T that from about 8 to maybe 2, 2.30, I'm at the front desk. I'm helping prepare daily visits. Um some of like the overnights, any sort of athletic visit that's coming through. And then at 2.30 we flip and I start uh, doing calls, texts, and emails for the territory. So for any sort of local family, um, if they want to call, talk financial aid, um, reaching out to counselors, trying to hunt down transcripts, test scores, all that good stuff. Um, and Joan and I kind of split an office in the back. So she's, you know, back working on the preview days, scholarship days, and all that good stuff. And then at around 2.30 flips into the front. And she's the one that answers the phone calls, kind of is the face at that point. And anyone that kind of comes through and has questions, she's there to answer them. So. I gotcha. I thought that front desk was just yours. Because <laughs> every time I walk by, it's you in there. See, on, on paper, we're supposed to flip at 2.30, but it's yeah. usually I just make my calls from the front desk oh, anyway. Okay. So. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it basically just become my front desk. So. Well, cool. Yeah. Uh, we definitely have some questions for you. So I have mine uh, that are split between like your professional questions and just personal questions. Um, so let's start with professional. My first question is, uh, when did you start working for Loris and what has been your favorite part about it? So I actually started working for Loris my sophomore year here. Um, so I graduated in 2017. My sophomore year, I actually started working the front desk when I was a student worker position, uh, in the admission office. So got a ton of training from the old admission visit coordinator. I was answering phones. I was scheduling the appointments for, her, um, reaching out to different faculty and staff through her email. 
Um, when I graduated in May, uh, kind of was still applying for things, and then the admission role opened up uh, around June, July. Went through the interview process, came to campus, did the whole phone interview. Um, what year was that? That was 2017. It was right after I graduated. Okay. okay. And then I started recruiting Illinois outside of the Chicagoland, as well as all the states outside of the Midwest. And then that February, uh, did that and the admission visit coordination. Then did another year of just visit coordination, going into my third year now, splitting between recruitment and coordinating visits again. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So what's been your favorite part of it? between all those different kind of titles and yeah I think uh what I really started to realize is the more I started looking at it and when we uh kind of decided this third time around that I'm going to be doing recruitment and coordination again um is it's just every day is really a puzzle um so between working with families from every territory working with all the coaches working with faculty and staff um but then also talking to families about you know convincing them either why they do or why they don't want to stay in Dubuque um and kind of teaching um you know, the new reps, the new ambassadors that come in, there's really no one day that's the same. Um, so just taking every new family, every new opportunity, and just looking at it like a puzzle as opposed to one set way of doing everything, and then kind of breaking the process down backwards till I can figure out how to do it right. Yeah, that's cool. And that kind of leads into my next question, which is what specific things have or thing have you learned over the years that you believe has made you better at your job? So, like, obviously you've been picking up, like, things here and there, what works, what doesn't work. What would you say, like, overall, they're some of the best things you've learned, most applicable? Yeah. Uh, one big one is that kind of my past work experience for summer internships and stuff like that. I worked with a lot of telecommunications companies and did process documentation and training implementation. So it was a lot of building in black and white. Um, so pretty much, like, this is the process. Let me build a training manual. And then you hand it to a person when they come in. Um, and I think this role really kind of helped – you know, blur that a little bit. So um, my, you know, director likes to say that I like to build in black and white so I can be comfortable with the areas of gray um, <laughs> because I still like to, like, look at things very systematically. Um, right. But at the same time, when you're working with various families, various financial situations, um, stuff like that, becoming more comfortable with those areas of gray um, is something that definitely has been really, really helpful um, in the process of both recruitment and visit coordination. Um, so whether it's working with a coach and, you know, in a very different setting um, as far as, you know, every different coach has a recruitment method, every faculty likes to meet in a certain way, and every staff member, whether it be 30 minutes or 15 minutes, kind of has their preferences. Um, so looking at each individual visit as a, an area of gray, if you will, um, I've been able to kind of build a process in black and white so that each individual visit can kind of throw its own curveballs and we're still good to go. Right, right. Yeah, yeah I would say for myself, at least over the last few years of, of learning this coaching and learning every every aspect that goes into it I've learned uh, what areas to put my more effort into and which areas to kind of put less effort into just because they may not pan out as well and I've learned kind of that uh, would you say that's kind of the same thing with you it's sort of like all right you want don't want to waste your time in this certain area because you realized over the years it just doesn't pan out yeah uh, and then other things like like areas that you do know pan out well yeah exactly cool I actually have one going back to you said you started working like your sophomore year in the admission office. Was there, I mean, I guess maybe I don't know if this is like your end goal working in admission, but like, was there a point either before that position or during that position where you were like, I want to work in a college admission office? Uh, so I think definitely at probably my junior year, after I've been doing it for about a year, um, there are different aspects in which I realized that I could take some of the skill sets that I had found um, through my time studying English and secondary ed and some skill sets I found that I was, you know, accumulating over my internships and stuff like that to kind of combine them. 
um, since I really wasn't 100% sure what I wanted to do when I graduated. Um, but I know that I liked working with people, and I know that I liked working through a process. Um, that around junior, especially into senior year, I was like, if a position opened up, that would be ideal. Because um, that recruitment side of, you know, a little bit of sales, a little bit of customer service, a little bit of just building relationships, just took a lot of things that I really had a strong interest in. Um, and, you know, working with the school that you went to and the school that you love really helps on top of that. For sure. No doubt. Absolutely. So um, one thing um, we kind of answered in one of the first kind of podcasts is uh, what's one thing that you always kind of tell recruits or students that are coming in what they need to look for or like you kind of guide them um, my biggest thing kind of an example was meet the guys on the team um, that was mine you're going to be there for four years what's one piece of advice that you'd give to an incoming student or a prospect student yeah um, one big takeaway I actually learned from Kelsey Callahan who works up in the campus life office now was um, one of the times I was chatting with her she said you know kind of to that point you know four years is a long time and college is a big investment so you want to make sure you're doing your visits if you want to do an overnight you're doing an overnight um, and that you're not just looking at that on paper and saying this is what it costs this is where I'm going um, so really letting them know that like visiting working with people just staying in communication is absolutely key um, so I think just reinforcing the idea that you know Eventually, it might boil down to finances, but if you jump to that conclusion right away, you're going to rule out schools that could be the perfect fit for you. If you just do a little bit more digging and work a little bit on the front end at scholarships and stuff like that and having those conversations, building those relationships in order to find that right fit before you rule anything out. Yeah, I feel like that's got to be the hardest part is in getting everybody informed correctly. I mean, I've learned that from my role as well in recruiting. It's like there's so many assumptions right off the bat that once you start to talk to them, you know what to say to kind of talk them off the edge of, oh, it's too expensive or certain things like that. <laughs> One a friend, a friend of mine from high school, his criteria, and this is 100% true, and I'll he will remain unnamed, um, <laughs> it was, all right, which application is the quickest and doesn't require an essay? <laughs> and he literally ended up going to that school. Fair enough. So, <laughs> I, I that's obviously not the case for ninety nine point nine percent of people. But hey, Morris does not uh, require an essay. <laughs> I know. That's true. And we have a paper quick app. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I I spit that as a positive, but <laughs> I don't assume yeah. that that's their criteria. But it'd be funny if I said that, and in their head they're like, oh, all right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> what's uh, kind of like the toughest, or we'll go with toughest, and then what's one of the best things that like a being a student or uh, as being a faculty now and staff here at uh, Loris that separates Loris from every other college? I think, especially now working on the staff side, is everyone's honesty. Um, like I've sat in conversations with families where they maybe think they can't afford it and just sitting down with the financial aid office or with a coach or with a rep, like talking through what some options look like. And at the end of the day, if Loris isn't going to be the best maybe option for them, um, kind of helping them still or pointing them in the direction of uh, our rep that works with transfer students, helping them in the best way possible to make sure that they are finding the right fit and that we're having like no real honest conversations with them. Um, but then also that, that notion of like Duhawk supporting Duhawks. I was just telling someone the other day really transcends the idea of just being a student. Um, like even the podcast that you guys do bringing in another staff and faculty, um, you know, seeing when we have any sort of retirement party, faculty, staff kind of coming out of the woodworks and, you know, paying their respects to people that put in a ton of time here. Um, that you say it kind of anecdotally as a student just because you go to a football game or you go to a basketball game, you cheer people on, 
but then to really see it in action as a work professional at Loris at the staff side is just really cool as well. So I think that's something that transcends both experiences into just the culture that, you know, Loris creates that's really just different from a lot of schools that I've seen. Sweet. Yeah. All right. So I kind of want to delve in. I got just at least one, like, kind of personal question for you, um, just as far as I want to kind of pick your brain since you've been living here for a while. What are your favorite places in Dubuque and why? tough one um <laughs> i'd have to give a shameless plug to the wicked dame uh new bar here in dubuque um it's been open for just over a year it's really different they've got live music every weekend it's just a cool environment um but as far as just things to do on you know on the weekend or with friends uh minds of spain is always a great one um whether it's fall winter spring they always have some just a lot of different sites and you can go there twice and never see the same thing there's horseshoe bluff there's the julian dubuque monument out there um you can walk along the the water kind of go back to the just this huge prairie area and then one that's kind of a sleeper is the bee creek branch um mm. it's a little bit downtown i think close like if you head towards ish copper kettle kind of down that way um it's newly restored they're always working on new things they're currently actually working on a new project down there i just walked my dog down that way the other day um, but you walk past Eagle, um, the, the grocery store down there, and it's just a cool, different place right in the middle of the town. And it's just really, what kind is of, it exactly? It's just a, it's just a Creek and, oh, <laughs> but okay. they have a path okay. on both sides and they gotcha. got a little, like a playground and, um, kids are always outside playing basketball on the courts. And it's just like a cool thing right in the middle of nowhere that you wouldn't really expect, but they put a lot of time and renovation into it and it really looks nice. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, cool. And the, you said it was the Wicked Dame? Yes, down on like 1st and Main, or between okay, yeah, Main and Locust. Yeah, yeah, we stopped in there the other day. Yes. Yeah, that was a, that was a cool little vibe to it. Yeah, it's really different from, from a lot of places here in Dubuque. What kind of live music do they have usually? A lot of acoustic covers. Oh, nice. Um, so okay. even if it's people that do their own music, most of it's covers, you know, for fan service, but they'll do a few of their songs here and there. Do they, do they have a kitchen? Uh, we have charcuterie boards, so uh, good old cheese boards. Um, I was going to say, is it wings? <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Uh, Kim is pretty open to letting people bring in food, but okay. so, I mean, like, you okay. bring in wings from somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't make them from the Wicked Dame, but, you know. Right, right. That'd yeah. be funny. Uh, actually, you're a big coffee drinker. Yeah. That's Boy, what I was going to ask. <laughs> Best place to get coffee in Dubuque? Mm. Huh. And then also... <laughs> Branching off that flavor, favorite like flavor of coffee. What's your go-to coffee? Okay, um, my go-to coffee while I stall is um, a good old either blonde americano or iced blonde americano from Starbucks. Um, just a lot of caffeine all in one. <laughs> uh, but if I was going to say the best coffee in Dubuque, although I kind of change my mind all the time, right now I'm kind of hooked on Convivium. Um, it's off the beaten path down there. It's an old greenhouse. Um, all of their food down there too is, you know, farm fresh and they, a lot of it, they make in their own garden there and they do a lot of cool classes. Like they just had a history of tomatoes class down there that seemed pretty cool. Um, but they serve coffee, either, uh, pour over French press iced. Um, and it's always without fail. Good. Every time I go. Convivian's a cool place. Yeah. I've never, I've never had their coffee or ate there, but I've been there <laughs> multiple times, um, for service activities and stuff like that. So it's a really cool place. Yeah. They make their own coffee. Yeah, oh, uh, cool. I can't be sure of that actually, but it's good. So <laughs> <laughs> whatever you get it from there, it's yeah. good. Okay, <laughs> wherever they get their coffee, it's good. Actually, coffee. so do you? Well, okay, how do you prefer? And you may not be this big of a coffee connoisseur. Like, I, I'm not, but I know my friends are. Yeah. Um, do you like it? How do you like it prepared? Like through whole beans, uh, 
what is it ground fresh yeah. ground yeah. ground <laughs> and then well there's one i can't think of pressed maybe? french press Pre- yeah french right. press <laughs> yeah no it's french press okay. <laughs> that, that's that would be my favorite uh it probably like it's probably super a psychosomatic thing but i just right. feel like it tastes better every time it's a little bit quicker too honestly you just boil the water put it in there let it sit for like four or five minutes and then press it down it's oh really yeah do you have your own uh, i do okay <laughs> nice i might have to get one yeah I think we do. We have one? <laughs> yeah. Have one? Oh, I, I think that. it's in my cabinet. I think it was there from the people that own the house. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> That's fine. Um, speaking of kind of going off the tangent, since we usually do that on this, um, <laughs> one of my uh, players actually has, every Friday, does like a coffee house out of his basement. Really? really? So like they do, they brew up, they have like four different like pots of coffee and they like label them. And then it's literally like a dollar for a cup of coffee, and they literally turn their basement into like a coffee house, and they they people can just come from Loris, and it's an actual thing. Like a lot of people actually like go to it like Friday morning. It's like I haven't. I told them I'd go down there and like do it during the season, and I just never really got the time. But yeah, they have coffee like. I think it was Friday morning. It was either Friday or Wednesday. It was one of the two. You could turn that into a fundraiser pretty easily. Oh, yeah. Like, just making it like $2 and every additional dollar donated <laughs> to the program. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Always thinking. But, yeah, no, he told me that like that, and I was like, that was kind of cool. Yeah. What kind yeah. of coffee do they use? I, they, they, have three, like, they have, like, four different, like, blends. So they have, like, a regular, like, Folgers. They got, like, Folgers. a... <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't hit on the Folgers house blend. They got, like, wow. some Dunkin', like, French vanilla and stuff like that. But, like, they have, like... And then they got the cream and the sugar that you could put in there. But it's just, come on down to the, and literally just, like, play some, like, music and sit on some couches and some tables. <laughs> they, awesome. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> they said that it's, like, tradition of the house. So, like, if you... Like, it's been going on for, like, multiple years. I'm being completely serious. <laughs> I've That's been amazing. here for what five, five, six years, and I've never uh, heard of this. I don't know how long, but he said it's been more than like oh. his people living in the house now. Interesting. I'll get some more details yeah. on that. Yeah, come back, come back with this next episode and see more details on this. We'll plug them. Um, but yeah, you have any more questions for Neil directly, at least? Um, not at the moment. I'm sure some will come up. All right. All right. Let's move to questions from the fans. Well, right. hold on a second. We need to still play which movie has Trent not seen. Ooh. <laughs> we got to do that real quick. Don't be skipping out on it. Uh, <laughs> Just trying to not embarrass myself. Yeah, hey. Neil, you lead us off. So I, I was trying to think because I know you guys are talking about a few Christopher Nolan movies, so I didn't want to double dip. So I kind of mm. was thinking, have you seen Seven starring Brad Pitt? Oh, that's, good that's a good one. I can... <laughs> <laughs> What's it about? So it's about... Uh, you know, keeping away from spoilers, it's a detective who is investigating uh, crimes that are mimicking the seven deadly sins, starring Brad Pitt. Oh, huh. yeah. No, I've not seen. It's that. a good one. It's it's really good, except for it was made in the nineties. Yeah, it's a little little so vintage for him. I already <laughs> knew that was going to be an L. <laughs> uh, all right, my mine is. So I asked this because. I could totally see you pulling this. It's a trilogy, and you've probably only seen the most popular one of the three. So oh I'm going to ask you about the first one. Have you seen Batman Begins? Yes, I have seen. You have. He's seen. Batman. He's seen a lot. Of the those. Batman trilogy is probably. I can't say my favorite trilogy, but it's it's okay. top three favorite trilogy. All right, you gained a little bit more it's, respect. It's my probably eyes. my least favorite out of that trilogy. Yeah, yeah, that's but fair. it is. I've seen that. Yes. All right. Okay. <laughs> There's two ways I could go with this right now. <laughs> and there's one I know that you haven't seen. And then there's an option that if you haven't seen, I'm going to go berserk. 
<laughs> have you seen any of the Oceans movies? Yes. Oh, yes right. I've seen them all, I all think. Right, really? Well, how much, are there's, there only three? There's a lot. Uh, well, yeah. now they just did a Well, they did the, the one with too, the, so, the women. Yep. Um, um, so but I've they, seen 11, 12, 13. Okay, wow. I have seen those. My other those one, are good movies. My other those ones are, are good gonna, movies. Yeah. Wow. Stumped us. My other one's going to be uh, <laughs> Step Up. No, I haven't seen yeah. that. <laughs> that was Channing Tatum. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that was going to be my, I didn't expect you to see. <laughs> All right. You know what? You did pretty good this that week. That wasn't bad. You did pretty I good. I got two out of three. Yeah. All right. We'll have to get a little bit harder on you. <laughs> All um, right. Now we have questions from the fans. Yeah. This has been a hot topic between us three, at least. What's better, the Winter Olympics or the Summer Olympics? Hands down, oh. Summer Olympics. One, because USA absolutely dominates the Summer Olympics. Yeah. Not that they don't necessarily in the winter, but it's a little bit closer. The medal count in the Summer Olympics, USA just dominates. I'm also bo- more of a summer person, so I don't like the winter. All of every... you Okay, for every good winter sport in the Olympics that you would name, there's a better version of it in the summer. Go ahead. What? And the only one that you would maybe have is hockey, but the Summer Olympics has field hockey. Not the same. It isn't. I know it's not, but but it has a version, and then everything else is just trumped. Before we go back back and forth, what Neil? What do you think? I also agree. Summer. (laughs) Yes. Because I even think like the the least popular of the summer sports are more entertaining than the least popular of the winter sports as well. Dude, you got snowboarding, skiing, and like figure skating. Yeah, and curling. You, like I, I feel like people rally behind curling just because it's wild to watch. I do. And, yes. I and it's like because it's just so it. calm. Yeah. It's I like do. darts. Have <laughs> like you ever watched watch darts? Yeah, darts is great. Yeah. And so is curling. Right. Yeah. <laughs> curling? Do you want yeah, us to get curling. started? Dude, watching Michael Phelps swim was thrilling. I stayed up Thank to you. watch it live at like 3 o'clock. I would yeah, not do like that for guy. curling. What are you talking about? Everybody watches swimming every other I would rather watch someone do like three backflips in a. They do that in gymnastics. gymnastics. Yeah, but. Simone Biles is doing things. So you're comparing snowboarding skiing to gymnastics? Uh, I would watch a vaulting. Yes, absolutely. 100%. No. I just disagree. They even have like the biking. They do the same thing with bikes. Yeah. They have a, what doing a ramp on dry land is less cool than doing it on a know, skateboard versus a snowboard. <laughs> snow definitely makes it look cooler. Um, also, watching it, it might hurt nuts. more. Yeah, badminton. 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 Like, badminton the, the less known sports in the summer are still fun to watch. Yeah. Badminton, outdoor volleyball, indoor volleyball, ping pong, ping pong. <laughs> uh, All right, ping pong. Yeah, you've yeah. got uh, <laughs> yeah, archery. Archery yeah. is so fun to watch. But winter uh, has shooting. Mm, it's cross country skiing and arch or like yeah, shooting, which nuts. is pretty dope. But yeah, still archery trumps it. Um, I would say track too. I mean, yeah, track. Oh, track. Track. Are you kidding me? Always yeah, intense. Tracks unreal. And do they have a marathon? I know they there's have a, speed there's walking a long, now in the Summer Olympics, dude, and it is intense. <laughs> Golf is now. <laughs> oh yeah. Obviously basketball. We dominate. I'm that. just. I don't think I could be convinced. I just I would rather. If I was gonna sit at a TV for two, give me weeks your top. Three sports, give me your top win. three winter sports. We'll do top five because there are five winter sports that I could somewhat see, and then we'll give we'll give you our top five summer, and this, we'll match the two. Together. This is where I wish we were live and we could have listeners call in because <laughs> you'd get right. You'd get right right now. I mean, give me uh, your top five winter hockey. Okay, curling. I mean, but it's hard. You can't pick. I'll like, give you illusion skeleton. Those yeah, are pretty. Luge those are skeleton, intense. speed skating, but like snowboarding and skiing. There's like fifty different events you could pick. Like half pipe, you could pick. Uh, okay, but the we big had this. Jump. We had this argument off air is that you could do the same thing with gymnastics. 
It's yeah, divided but, equally into different skills. And track, yeah, and swimming. So you're telling me you'd rather watch someone run around a circle? I have never been more entertained than watching a 40 second, 30 second swim race of knowing a dude is about to. I mean, granted, this is like back to that 10 out of 10 thing. Watching Michael Phelps go to break all these different records versus like this <laughs> thing mean, was kind of yeah. like Sean White. I would say up to watch Sean exciting. White. Dude, are you serious? Are <laughs> no, you? That it was, was so thrilling. No, I, He's no, saying I'm it was. Agreeing. All right, <laughs> but I would just like I don't know. I mean, like summer, you got Usain Bolt, you got yes. you know Simone Biles. Legends are born in the summer. <laughs> winter, what about Sean I mean, White? there's some legends in the winter. winter. You got Paul Anton Ono who did a pretty good job. Speed yeah, sk- yeah. Speed yeah. skating. Is speed skating. That was like one. Speed, but here's the that thing: was legit outdoor track trumps speed skating. It's just a better version of it. Like it, it, speed know. skating is entertaining, but I would watch track over speed skating ten out of ten times. Certain uh, events, most people maybe, would. But and you have the field events, which yeah. I would still mm-hmm. watch that too. Uh, you're losing this right, argument. There's too much going on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one. This one was uh, suggested by Owen Funky. Uh, if you could have a wild animal as a pet, what animal would you have? And then Cole also suggested <laughs> if you could be a wild animal, <laughs> what wild animal would you be? <laughs> Don't get me started on that topic. We'll get there. Um, if I could have a wild animal... If somebody else has one on top of their head, go ahead and go for it. I'm thinking. They It'd for sure be an otter for me. Oh. Otter was, otters are good. Otters one. are just nuts. I mean, they just <laughs> swim super fast. They just lay back on their stomach and eat off their stomach with, like, yeah. rocks or whatever. Yep. They're just, they don't make any sense, and they're really cool. <laughs> that is true. And they also, like, are pretty domesticated in size, so I feel like you wouldn't yeah. have to do a ton of upkeep, you know? That's, That's what I keep thinking. I'm yeah. literally picturing an animal, <laughs> throwing a bunch through my head, like what would fit in my house. <laughs> there's a lot going out the window. I'm going to take this before you say it. A bald eagle. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, that would be a good yeah, one to be. Is. That would be a really good one. To be or have. I mean, yeah. could you say, like, you if have you a train bald it? eagle? Yeah. That, yeah. Would, be, yeah, that would be sweet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought you were going to hop all over that. Dude, honestly, <laughs> yeah, my, my mind was wandering more towards the jungle for some okay. reason. That's fair. Um, if I were to have something, probably be a leopard. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I don't know what you would need a leopard for, but yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty sweet, dude. Could you imagine just a leopard just sitting on your front porch? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that is kind of cool. <laughs> but I feel like if it's just sitting there, you'd rather have like a lion. Oh, dude. Leopards. Eh, the yeah. print. Snow leopards. So leopards are good. Or it's just like hanging out in your tree in your front lawn. <laughs> oh, <and> then <laughs> someone walks <laughs> up. <laughs> like, uh. But no, I think, I don't know. It, I, I like where your head was at with like the aquatic type animal. I think also I'd like to have a penguin. A penguin uh, how would cool be, that would be. How would it be if you had an animal that could swim against your I know. <laughs> it would be great. I just toss Set him the in the water and he's like <laughs> flying around. And I'm like, all right, penguin, time to go. <laughs> oh, right. man. If you could be it, what would you be? Me? Yeah, what would you be? I think a bald eagle. You would be a bald eagle? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with Trent. I think I might. Being I might able be to fly would fly be awesome. like crazy. And you're the I mean, I would be any bird, but a bald eagle would be pretty sweet. I'd be a gorilla. Gorilla's up there. I've always thought about this. It's always been. But you're a basically a human oh, at dude. that point. Yeah, but they are just, dude. They are jacked beyond belief. <laughs> I was either. It's always been between a lion, or a gorilla. I don't know. I've also always liked gorillas when I've gone to the zoo. <laughs> Definitely one of the more entertaining. I mean, yeah, for sure. All right. What's the next question? All right. Why, why is it Tuesdays with Nick and Cole, <laughs> and not Tuesdays with Cole and Nick? And why Tuesday? <laughs> First off, say it ten times. It t- it does sound way better if you say Tuesdays, and that maybe because we've been doing it for twenty shows 
or 20 episodes, but Tuesdays with Nick and Cole sounds way better than Tuesdays with Cole and Nick. It does. I don't know why, but... Um, okay, yeah. And Nick came That's first. Fair. He's older. Age before uh, beauty. I guess, yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow, wait. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> he just called you old again. <laughs> um... Yeah, I don't know how we came up with it. First of all, who who asked this question? <laughs> what a weird question. It was actually, I don't... And Tuesdays, I'm pretty sure that yeah, why, it was like, Jim why, chose Tuesday. Was it? Yeah. I might have just I feel like it was just was you two that like, were just like, oh, let's call it Tuesdays with Nick and Cole. It probably is the best day that goes actually, with the Actually, you name. were pretty confident in, in coming up with the name <laughs> randomly because I was like, all right, let's 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 do a podcast. And I think Jim or you were like, well, what would you even call it? And you're confidently were just like, Tuesdays <laughs> feel, with Nick yeah, and Cole. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I feel like it was from like the initial idea. You had the name on point. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. I guess it, <laughs> what up, what it, up? it's right. It's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What brought you guys to podcasting world? And then, or this would be for Neil. Can you share some of your personal favorite podcasts or ones that you don't like? I definitely started listening to podcasts like really early on in the podcast game. Like I started listening to Joe Rogan's podcast when he was like still in his living room and back in like 2011. And uh, I just found it entertaining because he would have like celebrities on there and like his friends that were also comics. And like when I was working out or doing something random, I would just listen to it and. I just thought it was cool. Always then, from that moment on, I really was like, oh, anybody can just do this. This is just like a radio show that anybody can do. So I always have been wanting to uh, to do one, but if I were to do it, it, I would want it to be like a legitimate podcast. I wasn't just going to like throw one together on my phone. Um, so then when I saw the studio here, I was like, man, we need to get <laughs> something going. This is the opportunity. <laughs> Go ahead, Neil. Uh, so I was brought to podcast via invite so <laughs> um but as far as podcasts i listen to similarly joe rogan um usually like when i'm getting ready in the morning i just kind of throw it on and just make coffee all that stuff and then uh at work since i don't want to be like blasting music at the front desk usually listen to podcasts rel- podcasts relatively quietly usually there are some more so like one-offs like i'll see an article that has a podcast attached to it um, a lot of higher ed podcasts. Just recently listened to one about like ownership in the business world and like taking ownership over your actions. So just things that are more so applicable to daily life um, in the professional setting um, while I'm at work because I feel like that helps <laughs> keep me focused. <laughs> that That's one thing that I actually want to get into is more of like the professional podcasts and either for me like photography or like videography podcasts like to grow more professionally because I mean most of the podcasts I listen to are all for like entertainment. <laughs> Um, but yeah, going in that professional, uh, realm would be better for me. Um, at first I was not like anti podcast, but like at first I was kind of like some of the ones that I was like told to listen to didn't necessarily entertain me that much. But then like I started getting like doing them and like actually like listening to like, so I've actually started once I became doing the podcast, I've, (laughs) I've learned some respect for the podcast and started learning or and listening to some more, um, one, um, I'm big on like some of the crime podcasts that they have out there. I'm just listening to some of those and then I'm a big motivational guy. So, um, anything that kind of gets me with those different quotes and kind of gets like that day to day stuff, um, those are kind of the podcasts and then pardon my take some of that entertaining stuff that definitely makes you laugh. And just wanted to give a quick shout out. Actually, that, uh, question was submitted by Mike Kuhn at M 24 on Twitter. Uh, he was actually an old college roommate for me. All right. So well, glad he's listening. Yeah. To hey, we appreciate the questions. <laughs> Keep them coming. Just a little odd on that one. <laughs> 
Um, but that's all the questions that we had. Oh, uh, actually, no. Side note, I'm going back. Podcast I listen to, uh, the Brent and Andy Experience, Loris <laughs> Podcast, uh, yeah, okay, um, LWLA, the Loris <laughs> Women's Leadership Alliance, yep. and the brand new one, the Dewhawk Digest with Robert Waterbury. Nice. Good save. <laughs> hey, speaking of plugs, at some point we will be doing a merch uh, run of sorts here, so we'll keep you guys updated on that. It's in the early stages. Yeah. We're trying to get some t-shirts or something. Yeah, we'll, we'll do something, and that way uh, any it's, proceeds will go to future wing reviews for us, <laughs> basically cover our wing expense <laughs> so we can keep entertaining and giving you guys value in knowing you know, what are the best wing spots around town. True. Um, all right, so that brings us into Coach's Corner. Um, and today I want to touch on something um, that I'm not sure if I touched on in the past or not, but it's something very simple that you can do um, for your – actually, it could be any any stroke, really. Um, so generally, when if you were to just think of this um, non-scientifically and you were to swim, you would think, okay, if I were to close my hand and pull, I would pull the most water, right? Um, but that's actually – not true. So they've done some research and actually the degrees separation between your fingers should be five to 10 degrees. So you should actually have a nice relaxed hand and you actually will pull the most water in that hand position. So next time that you're swimming freestyle, relax your hands a little bit. Don't cup them and don't try to force them together. Spread your fingers a little bit. You're actually going to pull more water. That's interesting. I actually, that blows my mind. I know. (laughs) Even like like a lot of my team didn't know that and uh, it's, I guess, there's more and more science coming out nowadays about swimming. Um, so it's kind of relatively newer. But, um, yeah, it's kind of counterintuitive. So yeah. until you see the data, you're like, oh, this doesn't make any sense. But it's true. Huh. Hmm. So, like, I get, like, the, the data side of it. But how hard is it to, like, honestly, to, like, it's like running. Like, there's certain things that you, like, are supposed to do when you're supposed to run, like, help, like, conserve energy if you're running for, like, a long period of time. But, like, for the love of it, like, I'm... I was told, like, not to run with, like, closed fists or whatever. Mm. But, like, naturally, I just go closed fists. So I could only, like, right, is it, like, right. a tough habit to, like, break? Yeah, of, like, it, de- it definitely can be. It definitely can be, especially when you're swimming hard. Like, whenever you, it always seems to be the case when, uh, obviously, and this is for everything, really. When you start going hard, you, all your bad habits come back. Yeah. So it's just a matter of, of consciously working on it day in and day out. So what's your, uh, what do you got? <laughs> Um, so my coach's corner is um, dialing in those wedges, um, back to those money clubs. <laughs> so uh, it's more so you're going to picture like you're, at, you're on a clock. Um, so one thing that I want to kind of take from this is anytime that you have a wedge in your hand, you should never try to hit like a, full, like a full swing shot and try to swing easier at the ball to try to make it go shorter. You should literally just be able to take it to a, a, like a spot on the clock and swing the same like amount of effort at the ball and then that will dictate how far the ball goes so we usually work on hitting that like when you take it back getting it to like that what is that like eight o'clock nine o'clock range and then getting it to that 10 o'clock range and then working it to the top so you should have three distances um that you have by the back of your hand um and it's crazy um at some of the like so that's what kind of separates if you were to look at um brooks kepka actually does this almost better than anybody um if he, he literally has in his like notebook like for um that he like that he looks at before like each shot he has it down to like the decimal of how far like the ball travels at like a certain like length wow and then like he even like depending on the wind 
like he'll take that the night before, depending on what the wind is going to be. And like if it's this amount of like miles per hour into the wind, he knows how far the ball is going to travel. Yeah, that's crazy. So yeah. I mean, it's crazy how much analytics go into the game of golf at like that level. But keeping it basic, coming up with three different distances for each one of your wedges. See, I need to do that because every time, like the hardest part for me is a shot inside 100 yards. From like 20 to 100 yards, it's like it's like finding all right what distance equals what. Like yeah, I guess face on the clock on the way back for me. Um, and it never seems to be accurate because I just don't practice it enough. And one of the biggest things of why I say that is that this will eliminate a lot more of like your chunks is because when you try to take it back and you try to swing easier, you don't accelerate through the golf ball. So then you, when you hit any dirt whatsoever, you're going to catch it fat and it's going to come up short. So mm-hmm. by shortening your swing, you're still, even if you catch a little fat, you're going to hit it further just because you're still accelerating through the golf ball. There's almost no worse feeling, and I'm sure you can relate <laughs> to me on this, than when you're go- when you're inside 100 yards, you have your wedge, and there's water between you and the green. Oh, Ooh, and that is terrible. It's, it's tough, but then what's even worse is when you do chunk it, and you just see this giant chunk of grass <laughs> fly up, and the ball goes straight into the water. <laughs> and it's like, whoop, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously that'll help with that. Yeah. Neil, um, you have any uh, admission uh tips or anything like that yeah uh i think one big kind of hiccup i noticed with a lot of students is they're kind of finishing out their recruitment cycle or at least feeling like they might be behind is just trust the process um i think a lot of people rush into maybe early on uh they think oh i have plenty of time so they don't really do anything about it um other times they feel like they're too late so they kind of just give up um so i think enjoy your senior year while you're in it but at the same time just trust that the process is going to play itself out. You know, work with your coaches if they have a timeline to fill their roster. See if the school has any sort of priority deadlines. Um, but other than that, if you feel rushed into a decision, you know, you're going to – if you make a choice that you might not love long-term, it's going to cause more problems down the line. Um, so taking the time to trust that process really in the, in the end of it is going to make sure you're making the right fiscal decision for your family, um, that you end up with the right fit for yourself, um, and that you're good to go for all four years. That was good. And yeah. fill out your FAFSA. Yeah, and, yeah. And <laughs> just please fill out your FAFSA. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I got a good dad joke. <laughs> to wrap it all up. All right, dad joke of the week. Here we go. <laughs> Today my son asked, can I have a bookmark? And I burst out into tears, 11 years old, and he still doesn't know my name is Brian. <laughs> oh, wow. Get it? So he asked, can I have a bookmark? Saying like oh, name. my <laughs> That was so bad, I didn't get it. I did not get that at all. <laughs> you must have to read it, because when I read it, I started dying. I, I saw you <laughs> laughing over there. Uh, well, it's original, I guess. Yeah. yeah never heard it before. But all right. That wraps up another week. 20 episodes in the books. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming out. That's Tuesday's Nick and Cole. Catch you next week. Yeah.